Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. WCW was nothing if not chaotic. These wrestlers had runs there that were so forgettable you'd think Ted Turner was handing out night all for every appearance. I'm Andy from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 short lived WCW runs that you totally forgot about. Number 10, Kamala. One of the most recognisable monsters in wrestling history thanks to his Ugandan giant character, Kamala had semi-retired by 1993, returning to the occupation that put food on his table before he became a terrifying wrestler as a truck driver. This lasted until the summer of 1995, when Hulk Hogan successfully talked Kamala out of retirement and into a place in that wonderful stable, the Dungeon of Doom, in which Kamala lasted about three months before leaving WCW. But during this time, he did get to participate in the wonderfully deranged Doomsday Cage match. So, you know, uh, I guess that's one uh, classic on his WCW resume. I don't know. Number 9. Edge. Adam Copeland's one WCW appearance went down on the 3rd of February 1996 when he wrestled one Meng, aka Haku, on an episode of WCW Pro. His ring name wasn't Edge, Adam Copeland, or even Sexton Hardcastle, but Damon Stryker, and he got himself all the way messed up in just over two minutes. Three months later, he was making around $210 a week doing jobs for WWE, and it's safe to say that this worked out pretty well for him in the long run. Number 8. Jake Roberts Jake the Snake left WWE after threatening to no-show WrestleMania 8 if the company weren't going to release him after the event. He wanted to go to WCW, but hey-ho, the 90-day non-compete clause said hell no. Still, he reached an agreement worth around $3.5 million a year with executive Kip Allen Frey. So far, so good. But Frey was gone just three days before the non-compete expired. Jake was left high and dry. In came Bill Watts, who offered him a paltry $200,000 a year. 
that's obviously a lot less than $3.5 million. But having burned all his bridges in WWE, Jake had no choice but to sign. He came into WCW and was out of the door by October 92, less than three months after coming in. Number 7. Luna Vachon Another sub-three month run here, as Luna was only in WCW from April to June 97, reigniting her old WWE feud with Alundra Blaze, now wrestling as Medusa. A largely forgettable run saw Vachon lose every single match she had with Medusa before returning to WWE later in 97, working as Goldust's manager. Number 6. Sabu if you thought that Sabu's run in WWE after ECW had gone out of business was forgettable, then check out his time in WCW, which lasted from August 95 to October and began in typically unhinged fashion with a wild match against Alex Wright. Primarily used for hardcore spots, as you can probably imagine, Sabu worked a lot with people in the up-and-coming cruiserweight division. At Halloween Havoc 95, he wrestled a short but memorable match with the future Jerry Lynn, primarily because his manager, The Shake, threw a fireball in Mr. JL's face. That terrible, terrible scamp. But Sabu was out of there within just a few weeks, returning to ECW at November to remember 95. Number 5. Road Warrior Animal Obviously, the WCW legacy of the Road Warriors is pretty vast and stretches all the way back to Jim Crockett Promotions and Mid-Atlantic. So naturally, this entry isn't about those runs because you probably remember them if you're as old as I am, but the brief spell that Animal spent in WCW as a singles wrestler from January 2001 all the way up to the promotion's death two months later. Debuting in the Sin pay-per-view main event, Animal helped Scott Steiner retain his WCW title with a big beatdown of Sid Vicious. And this was the beginning of the formation of Ric Flair's new stable, The Magnificent Seven, featuring Animal, the Steiner brothers, Ric Flair obviously, channel favourite Jeff Jarrett, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. Playing the stable's enforcer until the bitter end, Animal's contract was not picked up when Vince McMahon bought WCW in March. Number 4. AJ Styles WCW got a full month of televised performances out of AJ Styles before the company died in March 2001. He wrestled as Air Styles back then, teaming with Air Paris to form Air Raid. That's a lot of airs. And they compiled a tag team record of 1 and 3 before being cast into the indies following the buyout. Styles was actually given a WWE tryout in July 2001, facing off against his old trainer Rick Michaels before an episode of Raw. He didn't get a contract offer and had to wait for total non-stop action to come along before getting his big break. 20 years later, and he's genuinely one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But had WWE said yes to him in 2001, they could potentially have had AJ on their roster for two decades. That's crazy. Number 3. Sunny. Overwhelmingly popular during her WWE run, being named AOL's most downloaded woman of 1996, Sunny courted mainstream at a time when WWE was struggling. Problems backstage ended up putting a premature and unfortunate end to that, prompting Sonny and boyfriend Chris Candido to go to ECW. And when this went sour, well, they gave Ted Turner a call. 
Sunny eventually showed up in WCW at Spring Stampede 2000, where she helped Candido become the Cruiserweight Champion, and, well, that was about it, really. Sunny was in WCW for just one month. As had been the case in the past, rumours of drug abuse followed her and Candido's departure, and off they went to the Indies. Number 2. Rob Van Dam The RVD run we're going to talk about here was actually longer than any other one on this list, as he worked for the company from January to June 1993. But it's not exactly the first thing you think of when you consider the man's Hall of Fame career, is it? Signed in 1992, RVD had his first match for WCW in January 93, wrestling as the repackaged Robbie V. Why the name change, you might ask? Because Big Bad Bill Watts didn't like Rob Van Dam as a name, so it had to go. RVD worked a total of eight matches for WCW television, working such luminaries as Shanghai Pierce and Kevin Nash in his early form as Vinny Vegas. Leaving just before the summer, he soon wound up in Paul Heyman's ECW, and the rest is history. Number 1. Owen Hart Believe it or not, Owen Hart actually went undefeated in WCW prior to commencing his most famous run in WWE, winning each and every single match that he had taped for television, which sounds pretty impressive, but there's a reason you never hear about his time with the company. He was only there for a month. Coming in in March 1991, Owen was gone by April, returning to WWE for his second run with the company in the middle of the year. Hart and WCW had been involved in contract discussions prior to his departure, but they could never come to terms. With Hart unwilling to relocate his entire family closer to company headquarters in Atlanta, he went back to WWE. Later, he joined up with brother-in-law Jim Neidhart to form the new Hart Foundation, and he ended up staying there for the rest of his career until his tragic passing at Over the Edge. As far as memorable WCW matches or moments go, well, there really aren't any. Owen was only getting started there, he was working against the jobbers of the day, but he did get to have one match teaming with Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, so uh, I guess that's something? Either way, the month he spent working for billionaire Ted was just a footnote in a glittering career. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 